Section fourteen of Just Sixteen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anastasia Saloha. Just Sixteen by Susan Coolidge. Colonel Villa. Colonel Villa, as anyone might see at a glance, had been a gallant officer in his day. It was true that he no longer had anything to do with military movements, but his very face suggested a martial past. So did his figure, which, though seen to an almost incredible degree, was unmistakably that of a military man, and also his dress, for the colonel invariably appeared in full uniform, with a scarlet gold-laced coat, effluets, and a cocked hat and feathers, seldom removed even at meal-times. His moustache waved fiercely halfway across his cheeks, his eyes were piercing, and his eyebrows black and frowning. In short, it would be difficult to imagine a more warlike appearance than he presented on the most peaceful occasions. Like all truly brave men, Colonel Villa was as gentle as he was valiant, and nothing pleased him better in the piping times of peace than to be detailed on escort duty and made of use to the ladies of his acquaintance. So it came to pass that again and again he was asked to take charge of large family parties on long journeys. You might see him starting off with a wife or two, half a dozen sisters-in-law, and from eight to fourteen children, all of them belonging to somebody else, not one of them being kith or kin to the gallant colonel. They made really a formidable assemblage when collected, and it took the longest legal envelope, which leads There! I have let out the secret. Colonel Villa was a paper doll, and these ladies and children who travelled about with him were paper dolls also. They belonged to Lizzie Bruce and her cousin Ernestine, who between them owned several whole families of such. These families were all large. None of the mamma dolls had less than twelve children, and some of them had as many as twenty. Lizzie and Ernestine despised people, not made of paper, who had only two or three little boys and girls. In fact, Lizzie was once heard to say of some neighbors with eleven children, They are the only satisfactory people I ever knew, just as good as paper dolls. And this was meant as the highest possible compliment. Lizzie lived in Annapolis, M.D., and Ernestine in Hingham, Mass. So, as you will see, there was a long distance between their homes. It took a day and a half to make the journey, and the little cousins did not visit each other more than once or twice a year. But the dolls went much oftener. They travelled by mail in one of those long yellow envelopes which lawyers used to put papers in, and Colonel Villa always went in the same envelope to take care of them. When they came back from these trips, Lizzie or Ernestine, whichever it changed to be, would unpack them and exclaim delightedly, How well the dear things look! So much better for the change! 
See, mamma, how round and pink their faces have grown. I wouldn't advise you to depend so much on Colonel Villa, Lizzie's mother would sometimes say. These military men are rather uncertain characters. I wouldn't send off all the dolls at once with him, if I were you. And really, Lizzie, such a constant journeys are very expensive. There is never a stamp in my desk when I want one in a hurry. But, Mamma, the children really had to have a change, Lizzie would protest with tears in her eyes. And as for the Colonel, he is such a good man, truly, Mamma. He would never steal anybody else's family. He takes beautiful care of the dolls, always. Very well, we shall see, answered Mamma with a teasing smile. But she saw that Lizzie was in earnest, so she did not say anything more to trouble her and the very next day contributed seven postage stamps to pay for the transportation of a large party which lizzie wanted to send on to hingham for a christmas visit this party included besides colonel villa who as usual acted as escort mrs allen the wife of captain allen her fourteen children her sister-in-law miss allen her own sister pauline gray so called because her only dress happened to be made of grey and blue tissue paper and mrs adipose and her little girl mrs adipose whose name had been suggested by papa was the fattest of all the dolls her daughter was fat too and ernestine had increased this effect by making her a jacket so much too large for her that it could only be kept on with a dab of glue captain allen was a creature who had no real existence lizzie meant to make a doll to represent him some day meanwhile he was kept persistently at the front wherever that might be and mrs allen travelled about as freely as if she had no husband at all this lizzie and ernestine considered an admirable arrangement for as captain allen never came home and never wrote he was as little of an inconvenience to his family as any gentleman can ever hope to be well this large and mixed company started off gaily in the mail bag and in due time lizzie heard of their safe arrival that they were all well and that the baby already looked better for the change about three weeks later another letter came and she opened it without the least qualm of anxiety or any suspicion of the dreadful news it was to bring it ran thus dear liz mrs adipose grew a little homesick she began to worry about mr adipose she was afraid he would have trouble with the servants or else try to clean house while she was away and make an awful mess all over everything you never could tell what men would do when they were left alone she said so as i saw she wasn't enjoying herself any more and as the baby and little ellen seemed to have got as much good out of the visit as they were likely to get I sent them back last week Friday, and hope you got them safely. Lizzie dropped the letter with a scream of dismay. This was Saturday. Last week Friday was more than a week ago. Where, oh, where were the precious dolls? She flew with her tragic tale to Mamma, who, for all she was very sorry, could not help laughing. You know, I warned you against trusting too much to Colonel Villa, she said oh mamma it isn't his fault i am sure it isn't pleaded lizzie i have perfect confidence in him 
think how often he has gone to Hingham and never once didn't come back. He would have fledged them safely if he hadn't been interfered with. I know he would. No, something dreadful has happened. It's that horrid post office. And she wrung her hands. Mama was very sorry for Lizzie. Papa wrote to the postmaster, and Ernestine's papa inquired at the Hingham post office, and there was quite a stir over the lost travellers. Time went on. A month, six weeks, two months passed, and no tidings came, and Mr. Edipole still sat in the lonely baby house, watching the cook brandishing a paper saucepan. Always the same saucepan over the toy stove and bridget the housemaid forever dusting the same table top and never getting any farther on with her work mamma proposed that lizzie should make some new dolls to take the place of the lost ones and offered help and the use of her mucilage bottle but lizzie shook her head sorrowfully i can't help feeling as if the islands may come back some day she said Colonel Villa is such a good traveller, and what would they think if there was a strange family in their rooms? Besides, it's almost as much fun to play without them, because there is Mr. Edipose, a widower, you know, which is very interesting, and the two pairs of twins, which Mrs. Allen forgot to take. Besides, I can always make believe that they are coming tomorrow. The very next morning after this conversation, as Mamma sat writing in her room upstairs, she heard a weird shriek at the front door. The postman had rapped a moment before, and Lizzie had rushed down to meet him, as she had each day since the dolls were lost. The shriek was so loud and sudden that Mrs. Bruce jumped up, and before she could get to the door, in flew Lizzie, holding in her hand a weird huddle of battered blue envelopes with dead letter office stamped on their corners, and a mess of pink and grey and green gowns and funny tumbled caps and hats. It was the doll party, returned at last. Mama, mamma, she cried, what did I tell you? Colonel Villa didn't run away with them, he has brought them all home there they were indeed mrs edipose as fat as ever mrs allen and all her children the sister the sister-in-law and colonel villa erect and dignified as usual in spite of a green crease across both his legs and a morsel of postage stamp in his eye and wearing an air of conscious merit which the occasion fully warranted as lizzie rapturously embraced him she cried dear old colonel nobody believed in you but me not even mamma i knew you hadn't run away with nineteen people mamma laughed at me but she doesn't know you as well as i do nobody shall ever laugh at you again and nobody did Colonel Villa had earned public confidence, and from that day to this no one has dared to say a word against him in Lizzie's hearing. He has made several journeys to Hingham without the least misadventure, and Papa says he would trust him to escort Lizzie herself if it were necessary. He is the hero of the doll's home, 
and poor old mr adipose who never stares from home is made miserable by having him held up as a perpetual model of imitation but unlike the generality of heroes colonel villa lives up to his reputation and is not less modest useful and agreeable in the domestic circle because of being so exceptionally meritorious End of Colonel Villa